Check, 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 check. What's up? What's up? What's up? It's Juan App. What's up? Woo! Yeah. Uh. Yo, Rockin', what's up? What's Yo, up? You doing the knowledge, E, man? I'm trying to get paid in full. Well, check this out. Since Norby Waltz is our agency, right? True. Right. Carol Lewis is our agent. Word up. Mm-hmm. Zakia and Fourth and Broadway is our record company. Indeed. Indeed. Okay, so who we rolling with then? We rolling with we rolling Rush. We rolling with Rush. Uh, Rush Town Management. So check this out. Since we talking over this deaf beat right here that I put together, I want to hear some of them deaf rhymes. You know what I'm saying? And together, what we could get, what we, get we could get. Paid in full, paid in full, full, full. Oh, what's up? You smoking? You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to smoke this L. You want that smoke? I don't think L was used in the time frame. Yeah, you might be right. You never know, though. Slang starts early. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. And good night. And uh, happy birthday coming up this week to the great, great Rakim Uh Allah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's all you got? <laughs> yeah, happy wow. birthday. Happy wow. born day. That's what you say to a God body. Happy Facts. born day. Happy born day. What about happy earth strong? Earth strong, that's yeah, that's Jamaican shit. No. Oh, so I gotta st- I gotta keep a God body and go. No, you know, you can keep it whatever you want. I'm you just saying. He do you think he'd respond well either way? Yes. I think he would. Either way, happy to birthday. the to the great Rock Kim. We're gonna talk some Rock Kim later in the program. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today. Let's just be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, this is this is this is an interesting episode of things we need to talk about. Things we need to discuss on the WANEP program. Uh-huh. Um, first and foremost, Cypher Sounds. Yeah. Today, the day of the release of this podcast. Uh huh. You know, I'm not going to explain what day we're recording and what right. day it comes out. That's boring. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you don't care. We, there's no point. Um, but Tuesday is the one year anniversary of the. Tragic passing of Kobe and Gianna Bryant. Uh, One of the only days in history that I saw Cypher Sounds really care about anything related to sports and really participating publicly in the passing of a celebrity who's not like a rapper or rap artist that you know or something. I don't, I don't, it has nothing to do with sports. I respect Kobe Bryant on uh, on many different levels. So, so tell us why, why were you affected by the passing of Kobe Bryant? Um, well, okay, damn, this is, we starting off sad. Um, I can't believe it's a year. I can't believe a whole year has gone by. Um, that was the, to me, that was the jump start of the worst year ever. Yeah. Was well, I went into 2020 looking like it was going to be fantastic. Got the news of Kobe and his, um, and his daughter and the, and the other people. Rest in peace to other people. They never get shouted <laughs> out. Rest in peace to them. Um, it's not funny. Stop laughing. It's not funny. Well, but from a comedy standpoint, Bro, whenever you're the other people, shouted. it's one of my fears. It, <laughs> if if Cipher Sounds, for example, was on a private jet. With Dave Chappelle and all these other people, Sife would be, God forbid that happens, Sife, you would be other people. I would be and others and friends. You would be and others. Uh, So, yes, but in in a serious note to everyone who was on uh, that plane. But, yes. my, my, My partner, my best friend, Jamal, is the biggest Kobe fan on the planet. Anything I I remember Kobe is from him and... 
He loves Kobe Bryant. Um, and he and he and he knows how to explain things about Kobe Bryant to me that has nothing to do with basketball because I really don't care. But the main thing I loved was the the when Jamal used to show me his his workouts or his like workout schedules or how he used to you know wake up at four a.m. and do all this crazy working out and be in that gym shooting in the in the gym in the dark. You know what I'm saying? All that type of shit. Mm-hmm. Love that. Um, so I got an opportunity to interview Kobe one time. Shout out to our friend Dawn Baxter from Nike. Yep, you're uh, really stealing the thunder from how I got to interview Kobe one time. Well, no, yours is going to be better. No, not really. But, but go ahead. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Dawn Baxter. Um, I, I'm assuming she didn't know that I didn't know anything about sports. Well, and, and made a huge, a terrible mistake, a terrible mistake. Um, but she asked me to interview Kobe at Nike Town in New York City. A um, couple of questions, light interview, keep it light. It was, I think, like uh, a week before the All-Star game. Okay. So Jamal goes absolutely fucking bonkers. Jamal has a pair of Kobe's that were prototypes that were made um, uh, just a prototype to show Kobe the design. And And he got them somehow. And he got them from a friend of ours that used to work at Nike. This guy we knew at Nike was head of basketball. Wow. Head of basketball. Okay. He, that guy, uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say his name, so I'm not going to say it, but he took us on a tour of the Nike campus once. And, bro, the, the tour. Not the tour. Like, no one's allowed down here. And we got to go down there. Wow. Um, so, anyway, he's been friends with Jamal for a long time. He gave Jamal these sneakers. They never came out because of the... Incident Kobe had right, yeah. Where Nike was kind of letting him go, whatever, whatever. They distanced for a little while, I think. They distanced. Um, so he's like, Yo, I need to get Kobe to sign these. So I said, Okay, whatever, we'll work on it. I have no, I have, I don't care. I don't care about basketball. I don't care about meeting this guy. It meant it meant almost nothing to me. I wanted the check and free sneakers. You've met you know so many basketball players that you didn't care about previously. Uh, don't care. Like I didn't and and this is like I didn't know all the stuff I know about Kobe now, which I probably would have been more of a fan at the time, but at the time I didn't care. So we go to Nike Towns, Jamal and his daughter. And uh I listen, I have no fear in my heart because I don't care. I just I, want the check. I, I, I understand. So I walk right up hey, to him. By the way, like, those checks were beautiful nice, checks. Nice, nice checks. And for, she for, could have paid me just with sneakers, just so you know. Right, and oh, and you get sneakers too, but also the check. It you you're there for a total of maybe ninety minutes, maybe. maybe. If if you show up early, yeah. If you show like, up I early, do. yeah. And um, so I go to Nike Town. He's upstairs. I walk right up to him. I you know I'm like, what's up, man? Uh. His security, like, kind of like, who's this brash guy? Like, it's like, like I'm not like a fan. I'm like, hey, I'm I'm the guy interviewing you. So, right. What's up, Kobe? He goes, what's up, Sife? I'm like, nah. oh, what's up? What's he hits up, you man? with the what's up, Sife? What's up, Sife? What's up, Sife? So I go, okay. I go. Um, yeah, I like, you're like, I like this guy better already. Yeah, he knows my name. And he goes, uh, I go, oh, you know my name? He goes, yeah, I do my research. I was like, oh, this interview is going to be terrible then. <laughs> and he starts laughing. <laughs> and then... Um, and then uh, we go, we do the interview, and I, I'm like, I got a couple of questions, but I want to open it up to the audience. 
<laughs> I don't have that many questions. I want the audience to live today. So, like, the audience is asking questions or whatever. We're laughing. We're having fun. It turned out to be a great interview. Um, <clears throat> we go upstairs afterwards, about to be about to leave, and I go, "Hey, man, um, can I introduce you to my, you know, my business partner, my best friend? He's a huge fan." He's like, yeah, of course. So I said, Jamal, come over. Jamal's like, hi, hi, homie. So, um, so, so he goes, you think he'll sign the sneakers? I'm like, we're gonna just ask him. Like, so Jamal walks over. He doesn't ask him to sign the sneakers. I'm like, yo, Kobe, can you do me a favor? Can you sign this pair of Kobe's that my boy has? He opens the box. Kobe's face drops. Yo, his face is like, yo, how'd you get those? Like, it was like a moment, bro. It was a moment. He's like, how'd you get those? And Jamal tells him who he knows at, at Nike, whatever, and the, and Kobe's going crazy. So he's like, yeah, of course. So he signs it, takes a picture with, with uh, Jamal and his daughter and me, whatever. So Jamal's on cloud nine, whatever. So the week after, um, I was on MTV at the time, so I got to host uh, some MTV shows for NBA All-Star Weekend in Vegas. And, because uh, when I think NBA All Star, you know who I think of? <laughs> Cypher Sounds. Well, there's a lot of hip hop artists there too. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. No, it's hip hop. So they're like, you got to do the red carpet. So I was like, okay. So I was like, Jamal has to come with me because he's my cheat sheet. And yeah, yeah like, of course. Oh no, you know we can't bring anyone else. I'm like, I can't go without Jamal. Like this, he has to Cyrano de Bergerac this shit. Right. So they're like, okay, okay. So Jamal comes and. uh <laughs> I'm gonna skip forward to the red carpet. Jamal's literally standing on my side. He's like, "This is Kevin Garnett. He plays for the." <laughs> 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 this is, uh, uh, what I, I don't even remember who it was, you know, but whoever was popping at the time. He's like, "This is so and so. He plays for the." And then Jamal would just say stuff. So we get to the hotel, the Palms Hotel. This is where a lot of the NBA players are staying. The Palms Hotel was the official. Oh yeah. Uh, NBA All Star. Weekend hotel Yeah We get on the elevator There's mad people on the elevator And Jamal goes Man wouldn't it be crazy If we saw Kobe again And I'm like Yeah I guess for you <laughs> And uh <laughs> <laughs> You're like i just Bro, be seeing Kobe <laughs> We get to like Let's say the fourth floor Elevator opens Kobe Bryant Standing there In front of like a, An entourage But right there in front the door opens up. He goes, what up, Scythe? <laughs> Jamal's like, oh. <laughs> he goes, what up, Scythe? I'm like, what's up, bro? And he goes, what you doing here? I go, nah, you know, he's interviewing people, uh, you know, for, the, for MTV. He's like, oh, cool. That's great, man. So I'm like, this is my partner, Jamal. He's a huge fan. He goes, yeah, I, I met him last week. <laughs> like, okay, you know, I don't know. You, might, you meet a lot of people. And then, uh. And then Jamal is just dumbfounded. He can't even speak, yo. So, like, Kobe <laughs> goes, like, two floors and gets off. And I'm like, yo, I'll see you at the game. And he's like, oh, you coming to – he's like, oh, like, oh, you good with the game? So, like, I think he might have helped me get into the game, but I didn't really have tickets. I was just saying it. Right. Like, see the game. And then Jamal's like, oh, what are you, you – sh we should have gotten tickets for the game. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know – Whatever, that's my that's my interaction with him. It's more Jamal loves it way more than I do. But the great, like, cool guy, man. Like when he said he did research on me, I was like, oh, this guy's a nut. Like he's not 
just a, a, a dumb jock. Like, he wants to know. Oh, sh- you know what I mean? Like, now I know. Now I know at the time. Like, well, he's a fascinating. Kobe's a fascinating character. Fascinating. And we'll move. We'll move on to hip hop in a minute for all those who are like Scythe and don't fully understand. But Kobe, Kobe's a fascinating individual because he, his upbringing was such by growing up overseas. Mm-hmm. When he grows up overseas, he doesn't fit in there, right? Because he's the black American son of a ball son player, of a ball player yeah. who, while he speaks, he while he learns to speak Italian. He obviously doesn't speak it like he's from Italy. Right. And he's got to learn how to fit in there. Wait, what, what, what age did he go there? Do you know? Very little. Okay. Very little. Um, and then he, when he comes back for like late middle school, I think it is, when he comes back like middle school, maybe eighth grade, to Philadelphia, now he doesn't fit in again. Because he's, he's a got an overseas kid. He's the weird overseas kid who now has a weird accent. Right. He's got a weird accent. He's crazy smart and has this European education. And now he's got to try to fit in again. In Philly? Yeah. And he goes to schools where he's that are predominantly white. Thank God. So so he's the <laughs> so he's the so he's the black kid. Right. But he also doesn't fully fit in with the black kids at school. Right. So he spends his entire upbringing not fitting in, mm-hmm. which I think really sets the table for him then also not fitting in in his early years in the NBA. Right. He was trying to be... So a lot of people... Like, there's a book that I've started that I really need to finish because it's phenomenal. And I'm not going to tell you this book is uh, all out glowing about Kobe. It's not. It's a uh-huh. very down-the-line... This is what the Lakers were at that time. And the the author, who's a famous sports writer, a- had to add after he died. He had to add a piece to the beginning of the book because the book was done. Wow. So he had to add a thing that's basically like, you know, this book isn't always pleasant about who Kobe Bryant was. Right. But understand that Kobe Bryant, the person I was writing about in this era, was not Kobe Bryant when he died. And people evolve as human beings he was like and you also have to keep in mind that all these other players who spoke on him probably wouldn't speak about him the same way now that he's gone it's just the way life is Mm -hmm. because people were telling stories where they didn't paint him in the best light all the time yeah um yeah and so from what i know like was he like a like a was he like a well people would say he was probably like a dick but it's because he was just in his own he just didn't know how to fit in, and he played Bro, a lot of times. I think Shaq <laughs> and other. Quick. Did what? you ever hear? You know, um, <laughs> Chad Bozeman. Yeah. Um, when he passed away, you know, he was in that movie like about Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the co-stars. <laughs> one of the co-stars. I forgot which guy. One of the older black guys. He was talking shit about him. He was like, "This guy." He fucking comes to set. He's got a personal masseuse. He's got a fucking nurse with him that gives him IV. Who the fuck is he? He's Hollywood. And then he didn't know he had cancer. And afterwards, he's like, I didn't know. I thought he was Hollywood. Yo, these are the awkward things that happen. Yeah, but that's why you can't fucking judge nobody, man. Just mindyourbusiness.org. Right, exactly. It's one thing if the person is outright a jerk to you. Now, listen, there are players who have their things to say about Kobe who just have bad relationships with yeah. them, and it is what it yeah, is. Of course. But by the way, Kobe would get that. 
It's not like yeah. Kobe would come down from heaven and be like, you shouldn't have ever yeah, spoken yeah, about me. We, we, you know what I'm saying? He was a human being. But so Shaq and other people felt that when Kobe, in his early years in L.A., mm -hmm. he started playing a part. Everyone said he basically was trying to be Allen Iverson. He okay. wanted the authenticity uh -huh. of Iverson because that wasn't him. And as the years went on and he got older and he became an icon of his own right, mm -hmm. I think he got a lot more comfortable in his own skin. And then yeah. he had a family and he just became a man. Like yeah, 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 yeah. some people grow up and find their identity when they're 18 based on circumstance, yeah. especially people from bad circumstances, they find their identity early. Some people, it's the opposite. Even from those same circumstances, they're fucking up until they're 30. Mm -hmm. And then you see them at 50 and you're like, who was that guy? That's not even the person. That guy used to be terrible. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. anyways, I say all of that to say Kobe was an amazing complex character. For me, he it's weird because I'm a Celtics fan and Kobe was always my favorite player to watch. Always. I would skip Celtics games to watch Lakers games. Right. Even though I'm a Celtics fan because I wanted to watch Kobe play. He was too entertaining. In the early 2000s, the amount of time I would spend watching those late games Thursday on TNT to watch the Lakers versus the Suns, the Lakers versus the Blazers, the Lakers versus the Spurs. Like, he was just, it's just from a basketball standpoint, out of this world. I interviewed him one time. I was super excited. I interviewed him at Foot Locker. My cousin oh, yeah. Jeremy. I remember that. My cousin Jeremy came to town, who's also a Celtics fan, but came to town just to come with me and get to see Kobe. And it was, you know, he. I got to tell you, that was the first moment, I think that was 08. That was the first moment that I was like, or 09. That I, I was like, yo, Kobe's cool, man. I was like, I'd heard a lot of bad things about Kobe up to that point about him being a dick. I was like, he was a nice, respectful, listening to you, even though he didn't give a, you know, didn't have yeah. to care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a cool dude. Like, people are complex characters, but Kobe dying was the one celebrity death that I just, it didn't hurt me the way, like, Mac Miller hurt because I felt I lost someone who I cared about personally. Kobe dying from just a celebrity standpoint though was the most rocked I've ever been by a celebrity death. I was um uh I would say Kobe and Nipsey for me. Yeah, which were both which were both uh tragic, like like unexpected tragic. I mean, is it ever expected? Who knows? Like Regis Regis Philbin dying hurt me a lot, but he's dumb old. You know what I mean? Like, right. It was just sad. It was like, oh man, I love really Regis. Really sad. And I love Regis. You know, you know, I went it's crazy. To meet Re I went crazier to meet Regis than Kobe. Oh yeah. Well, of course you did. Remember that? When did you meet Regis? At the at the at the when we used to go to that broadcasting awards, the state New York State broadcasting awards upstate oh, Lake yeah, George. Yeah, yeah. When did, where was I? You met Regis? I don't think you were there. I think it was me and. We went on that trip together. The one with um, Regis and Brian Williams? You were there? I think so. They were the, the main honorees. Yeah. This is before Brian Williams got the, got caught up in that lying scandal. <laughs> Which, by the way, what a what a whack scandal in retrospect, given what happened to everything else. Bro, if, if all the shit I said on Hot 97 comes out, none of, none of it's true. <laughs> I didn't even DJ wait, the Little Kim. Wait, are you saying they have a different standard for Hot 97 than they do for the NBC <laughs> Nightly News? Um, but yeah, By the way, I, I, I laughed very hard last night 
One more thing. Cobra Kai had one more laugh out loud moment when the Johnny Lawrence said, tried to threaten someone and said, you don't want to get caught up in, (laughs) you don't want to get caught up in a hash brown me too. (laughs) There was a phenomenal line. Hash brown me too. I was like, yo, I was dying. All right. Sorry. So yeah, Regis. No, no, I'm saying Kobe. Yeah. When I got the news of Kobe, man, I was hit. Hard. Where was I? I was with. I was at a show. I don't remember where. I was with a. Sh- I was at a show and it it fucking hit hard, man. Hit hard. I was I was leaving an outlet in Maryland to come back to New York. I was at the Comedy Cellar. I was at the Comedy Cellar on a I Sunday morning. Was it Sunday morning? Yeah. Well, Sunday at noon. You could have been yeah, there, actually brunch. My brunch yeah. show at the Comedy Cellar. My brunch show, that's exactly what it was. I came upstairs, and the whole table was sad, and they're like, Kobe Bryant just died. And I immediately, Jamal, came, like I had to call Jamal. He was in tears. Did you tell him, or he already knew? No, he, oh, he knew. Well, so here's, here's how I, so, Ebro sent the group a text, uh, our show group a text, and said, and like, it was the headline from Twitter or something, because you know Ebro never leaves Twitter. So, <laughs> For real, Ebro's so on Twitter that I swear I knew before ever he saw it the second it was reported right. at all. Yeah. And he sent it to our group with a question mark. I was like, what? And so I clicked it, didn't believe it. You know, I did not believe it, which is which in retrospect, at this point, say what you will, I and I will say what I will. I hate TMZ. But they, they don't report major stories like this and get it wrong. Like, they just did not any. That's not. No, they're on it. They're on it. They're so, on it. So I see it's TMZ, but then I go to Twitter and I keep looking and it's not quite confirmation and it's blah, blah, blah. But then it appears clear there was an accident and TMZ is saying it's Kobe Bryant. Right. So I called Ebro and I'm like, yo. And he's like, hey. And I was like, yo, we sat on the phone. We sat on the phone in silence for like 40 seconds. I was like, I don't understand the tweet. He was like, no, I don't know. And I was just like, Damn. I don't know. And we just sat there. And and then my dad called. So like my dad calling about the death of an athlete. And I my dad said something very interesting to me as the week went on. Like five days later, my dad said, the only thing I can remember on this magnitude was JFK's assassination. Wow. I know. He was like he was like I've never seen an entire the entire country transfixed on the passing of someone. Yeah. Like this and he, and he said I I think JFK was killed on a Friday and school was off Monday. I believe and they went back on Tuesday. And this Kobe thing lasted days and days and days of it being the only thing talked about everywhere and it was not because yes of course it was sensational it was a fiery helicopter crash and it was obscenely tragic because not only his child but other children were on board you had but it was while those were all big factors kobe is in the echelon of it, it, the highest level of yeah. international How celebrity. He? He's a year older than me, I think. 
I think Kobe, he would be 42 now. He was 41 then. Wow. Jeez. I think he was 41. Jeez. Now, so I interviewed Kobe the way Saif did. I don't have any sort of great stories. I have a picture of it I'm grateful for. I have the video of the whole thing somewhere. I'm, I'm grateful for that. But the more interesting thing, and you may have seen it if you follow me on my uh, social media pages, is that a month before Kobe died, I was in L.A., right, for um, New Year's to stay with Dipperstein, my agent and, and dear friend, and, and hang out. And I'm coming out after a year of my divorce and just being, you know, in a really bad space yep. and dip my, the New Year's Eve after my breakup, I spent it sitting, I'm not kidding, you wanna know depressing? Yeah, my New go. Year's Eve was me, my mom, and my dad eating dinner at like a, a low-key nothing restaurant. Mm -hmm. And then just sitting on the couch with my mom and going to bed. So this is now a year from that. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm in a place now where I'm definitely not spending New Year's Eve like that. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but it's not gonna be that. So I went to LA to spend it with Dip. And on the Sunday before New Year's Eve, I actually thought I was having like my first date. I thought I was gonna meet up with some girl and she canceled on me. Oh, you mean for real, you were going on a date? Yeah, this is oh. now over a year after my breakup. Right, right, right. And and I was going to go on a date. Uh, New and Year's this girl, Eve? No, no, no. Before, right before New Year's oh, okay. Eve. In L.A.? And in L.A. In L.A. Oh, and I, I, I got canceled on. And I was like, oh, you this is You got hash brown. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not that. What's the opposite of that? <laughs> so I, I got... Uh, and I was sitting there like, oh, man, this is what I'm signing up for again. The feeling of you get a date with someone and they're like, oh, I can't yeah, yeah, make yeah. it. And you're like, oh, I'll fight. you're fucking, you're miserable. Rough, rough. But my boss at ESPN had always told me, if you're in L.A. and you want to see the Lakers, my guy is the guy. Mm -hmm. So I hit up my boss and I'm like, yo, Lakers Mavericks, I'm trying to go. He's like, give me, give me 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. 20 minutes later, I have an email mm -hmm. with this person. I'm so-and-so from the Lakers. Your tickets will be here, blah, 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 blah. Great. I look at what the tickets say. But, you know, these days it's kind of hard to tell. Is it double letter for the row? Yeah. Like, what does this exactly mean? And then we get there, and we walk down <laughs> and down and down. <laughs> And we are in the second row wow. on a, for a Sunday night Lakers-Mavericks game at the Staples Center. And we're sitting there. And so, like, there's a front row. And then there's a little walking space behind the front row. Maybe three feet, four feet across, five feet, whatever, something like that. And then there's us sitting there. So, like, Is you're little, you're one. Floor? Are you on the floor? N no, we're actually, they only have one row on the floor. Okay. And then five feet later, it goes up a tiny step. Right. And we're the first row on that step. Okay, got it. So it's us and then the front row in front of us. And we're sitting there during warm-ups, and I'm just geeking out to watch LeBron warming up 10 feet in front of me, and Kobe walks in with Gianna. Ugh. And Kobe and Gianna sat in the literal seats in front of us. Wow. And... Wow. We, we watched them the entire game. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. You that Kobe is so iconic, and you've probably seen the pictures a million times because now they have them everywhere. Of that day, he was wearing the orange sweatshirt and like a he's wearing an orange sweatshirt and a dark vest. And everyone shows pictures that day because him and LeBron had this moment where LeBron came over and they like were hugging in, in front of us. Mm -hmm. And I was taking pictures with my phone. I was like, oh my God, it's LeBron James and Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And the whole time, you know, Dipperstein and I even said, I was like, man, watching him, I was like, he's really found his peace, yo. Yeah. He is like happy. Yeah. He's, yo, when people came up to talk to him, the way he greeted strangers and people he knew, yeah. I was like, man, Kobe has found peace. He is truly, he is at a peaceful point. Like, he had his arm around his daughter the whole time. He's explaining everything to her. Luka Doncic, the young star of the Mavericks, comes over and starts uh, introduces himself to Kobe. And I just had this overwhelming feeling of happiness for him that he had found this place. And of course, I, so if I had the moment, Dipperstein's like, are you going to go say hello to him? Yeah. Dipperstein always wants me to say hello to someone important yeah, to show that He's I'm important. Agent. He's an agent. <laughs> and I would have done the, hey, what's up, man? Peter Rosenberg. And, and he probably would have pretended to remember me or we would have had our little exchange. And I, and I thought about doing that. And I was like, he's here with his daughter. I will have another opportunity to run into Kobe somewhere yeah. where, I'll, where I'll get to be in a better position where I don't have to come up in this way. Yeah. And then when he, I mean, and I, then when he, when he passed, though, I had that feeling of this double whammy of not only sadness on the way everyone felt it, but I felt extra weird because I I had literally just been in his no, aura. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because if you would have just said hello, you didn't miss you didn't miss anything. You didn't miss No, no, no. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm saying to your point, the way you sort of felt about Pop Smoke. I felt extra oh, yeah, weird yeah, 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 yeah. because just I just, presence. I was in his presence. Yeah. He was there. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I yeah. just, he's fine. Yeah. That's why I couldn't accept that he died. Cause yeah. I was like, he's fine. I just right. saw him. Right, 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 right. It doesn't make any sense. And it's, it's. Oh, pop smoke. Why'd you bring that up? Sorry. So. Yeah, he was right. Yeah. He was, it didn't matter if you said hello or not. He was in your presence. Yo, man, we ended up talking about this for 30 minutes. He, he's, he's. I hope this doesn't bum people out and other people relate to how much the Kobe passing I, um, hurts, but it's one year, so. I listened to, uh, I, what's that kid's name again from, I think he's from Seattle, Amine, Amine? Amine. Amine. I we listened, talked about him just weeks ago. I, and I think to, you knew how to say his name then, so I don't know what's happened since Amine. then. Amine, because I, I always say Amine, and then I listen to his album, and I'm like, oh, it's Amine. Um, <laughs> he has a, a thing about Kobe, like an interlude, and... He talks about yeah, Kobe yeah, dying, I've heard it. and he's like, uh, he like when Kobe passed, he like became a man, like he had to become a man, like he's like, yeah, I had to figure out how money works, and like that was the end of my childhood, like that that guy meant so much to people. He re he really did. People were so affected. Um, so rest in peace to Kobe and Gianna rest Bryant peace, and man. and everybody who was on that plane. Um, helicopter. Now, Sype. I mean, helicopter. I'm sorry. I know, and by the way, you know, you know my my um, my girl. I don't know if you've. Did you follow my girl on Instagram? No. Why would I be a creep like that? Oh, but no, 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 because it's not creepy. She's a she's a big Instagram person because she's a photographer. Okay. So her, she's always in helicopters. She's a and I as a Jew. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So she sees like beautiful things. Like she. Has 
Yeah, she sees beauty. She I had, keep like, going. She has like this this uh, talent to see something in a distance or in a certain angle and capture its beauty. That's exactly right. What are you trying to say? And she's with you. <laughs> yes. A woman who captures beauty for a living <clears throat> sees me and chooses to spend time with me. So you're cr- you're now questioning her well-being. So, but she's always in helicopters. Yeah, really. And yeah, like that's she sort of developed her brand taking these aerial photos of the city. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Her ish is fire. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, she's at Miss Hatton. Mm-hmm. Also, very strong branding, if I do say so myself. But, um, yeah. So the helicopter thing makes me nervous. But she's she's very comfortable. She's had one scary moment on a helicopter. Everything else was always clean. But as a Jew, helicopters scare me. Why? What is it about being a Jew? Because we are scared of things. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. <laughs> got now, Saif, as a good transition here, I think I'm gonna. I think I know what I'm gonna do as a transition. What's here. that? Because we're gonna talk music. And what would it be if I didn't give the first the first taste of you're the one who encouraged me to drop music for so long? Okay. Do you want to hear the single? I do want to hear it. This is called Marcus Smart. What does that mean? That's the name of a basketball player. Okay. He's on the Celtics. Okay. So funny story about Marcus Smart. I heard this song, this beat, and in my head, there's something about the beat that I started thinking about a chorus about like working. He's he's the dude who's always hustling. Mm-hmm. He dives on every loose bat ball. He flops sometimes on defense, like always looking for an offensive foul. Like he's the gritty, annoying player you don't want to play against, but you always want on your team. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he's just grind. He's always hustling. Mm-hmm. So that was my idea for a hook, was something about hustling Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. I told this idea to the two artists, Flea Lord and Stove God Cooks, and the only references they both, each of them have a Marcus Smart reference on the song, but it's only about shooting guns some, for some reason. Oh, boom, boom, it's boom, all, boom. Yes, his name because he's number 36. I think they both say 36 shots at some point. Perfect. That's it. Perfect. Perfect. So... And by the way, Flea Lord is a Griselda affiliate. He's on Mad Griselda Records. That's why I just said so, boom, 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 boom. Oh, oh so you, and so there is lots of boom, 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 boom. This is Marcus Smart. Wait, um, Flea, Flea Lord, Lord uh, is it Flea Lord Latino? He's he's mixed in some way. It sounds like it sounds like it. You know who we came up under? Stack Bundles. Ooh, he's from he's Ooh. from Far Rock. So I probably know him. I probably met him. You probably have. And when you hear him. You'll and his style generally be like, oh yeah, it sounds about right for someone from Far Rock. This is some grimy ish. Um, it's coming out Friday on all streaming services. Marcus Smart, Flea Lord, Stove God Cooks, Peter Rosenberg. Here we go. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. I like this beat right here. Uh-huh. Let me drop. Stop down, letting the sun in up the 110. Chopping in hands that are making the lungs spin. Cruising up the coast. Yeah, they choosing us the most. Takeover's complete. I'm using music just to boast. Violent fools, straight up bar masters in my talent pool. Nonchalant attitude. Bouncing around in Malibu. Legends tapping in. Hot weapons by the bench. Lord, I used to cook the coke and now I chef inside my pen. Sipping Gatorade and Henny Why you twisting up the skinny Dying cause you lying And you living just to envy Scary 36 shots Up in the 60s 
Here comes Stove God Cooks. Buster's artist. Young boy screws loose, let him strip the bolts on him. Should have never sent him to pick up the work for him. Spray the park and had my inside the car. Marcus Smart Boy was shooting with a 36 on him. Said if he wasn't in a rush, they was all goners. Sent cursive on the jets, he was gonna Sean John him. They were sleeping on the guard, then it dawned on him. My mic game's different, I'm Bob Barker. My wrist spin like the wheel, my still in the field. I got busy this year, stop hating, you see it. Fuck 50 on your face now, nigga, you see him. This John Geiger's is teal. Strings wrap your ankles when I think back. I'm thankful, cause the first hit I made was with the bacon soda. Apron over the East St. Laurent with the AP on them. Last bricks I had, they stamped the bad boy baby on them. Stop. By the way, Sight, that is not the, the final radio edit. I changed out those nasty edits. Shouts to... I don't like those. Shouts to Zuma, who produced that, by the way. So... There you have it. By Sife, that line was, I thought you'd appreciate that line. Which one? When he says, my mic game different, I'm Bob Barker. <laughs> I, I love that yeah, bar. That's a good line. That is a good line. So yeah, it comes out Friday. Friday. There we go. Is it for sale? Streaming everywhere. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I guess you could buy it too. I think, I got to ask. I think you could buy it. Who knows too, anymore, If someone right? does that. That's funny because I also have a song. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, you're kind of taking the thunder from me. I thought you'd be more no, no, excited no. about my song. Sorry, let me, sorry, you're right. I apologize. I'm trying to be supportive. Uh, yeah. Congratulations. Celebrate me. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. Thank uh, you. You've wanted me to do this for so long. It's just the first one. Bro, let me tell you something. The first one is the one because you're going to get the fire now. I put out a dumb, stupid shirt. Very famous in New York. What the fuck does that even mean? Who knows? You just made it up. I, something I say on stage, it caught fire. Bro, I'm I'm like a clothing designer now. I got so <laughs> many ideas. The one-up clothes are coming soon. I can't wait. Because we've been trying to do that since since years ago. Years you know ago. Years ago. Years ago. Years ago. Yeah. That was years ago. Years ago. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but bro, I'm super happy for you. Uh, this is something... You should have done it a long time ago, but whatever. It doesn't matter. You're doing it now. Doing it now, Saif. You got the single coming out. Um, then you're going to do some kind of, I'm assuming, album. Full album, which I think I'm just calling real late, by the way. I decided I, I was working. What did you say? Why not? Yeah. And I was spending so much time coming up with an album, and my boy Barry Schwartz, who produced two songs on this album, Disco Vietnam, I hit Barry... Uh, and I go, I'm struggling. I don't know what the fuck to call this thing. It's holding me up. He was like, call it real late. Yeah. You've been doing real late for 12 years. It's all been building towards this. Yeah. The album's called real late. Real late. I was like, oh, okay, let's go. Yeah. I'm not going to fucking get held. Why get held up? How many albums do you regard highly because of the title of the album? Well, no, that's not. There are some albums that you regard highly because of the title. All but, right, fine. You have to ruin my point. But no, but with you, it's different because you have a you have this real late brand already. Right. Just go. It's a compilation. Just go. Like I don't sit there. I don't. I don't think about um, when I talk about why I love, the, you know, the Soul in the Hole soundtrack. It's not because I even know the movie Soul in the Hole. Right. Let's be honest. It's kind of a terrible name. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I can I show you my song now? 
All right, yeah, go ahead. Play your song since you have. I didn't even know you had one. My this is kind of is more of a movement. Okay, it's a movement. It's a it's, a, right. it's a it's a movement. It's the anti croc challenge. Oh, the anti croc movement. Yes. I know you're the president of that. I'm the I'm the general. The general, I'm the sorry. general of the anti croc movement, and I need people. The anti croc challenge hashtag anti croc challenge. I need you to take this beat off of the YouTube or the Instagram, and I need you to write a verse. Spit a verse or just do a rant about why you hate Crocs. Well, let me hear your version first. Here we go. Um, I just uh, I just gave the people the hook. Are oh, you just giving a, a little taste here? Oh, it's your motherfucking anti-Croc general cipher sounds. My cash on the beat. Fuck Crocs. Talk to the people that ain't got no respect for themselves. Now all my soldiers start fighting. We anti-Croc soldiers. Oh. We anti-Croc soldiers. Fuck Crocs. I got to do one. You come in. No, so I so two things. Number one, I got to do a verse for that because we've never. Although I've seen you write about it, we've never even talked about it. I despise Crocs. Always have. You have. You do. Always. Thank God. Hate. Thank God. I am disgusted. Thank God. I can't believe it. I can't believe they came back. They were extinct. The world decided the first time that they were terrible, and they came completely back. They came back. And and, and the anti-croc challenge is I need you to spit some bars or just rant. You don't have to be a rapper. Just get on here and explain why you hate Crocs, why your husband wears them. All right, I got you. And I'm not ranting. I'm I'm dropping bars. Please drop bars. And and here's the thing. Here's Here's the crazy shit about this stupid idea I have. I love No Limit, the early No Limit stuff. That's from a song. Oh, you don't, I didn't even hear the influence there. Wow. <laughs> I love No Limit. Um, that's from the True Double Album, uh, No Limit Soldiers. I couldn't find the piano loop, so I actually got to speak to KLC, the producer, I love KLC. the producer, KLC, the all the fucking early No Limit shit. I was like, I was like, I called him. I called Bink. Because I know Bink, Bink told me he had him on his podcast. So I'm like, oh, Bink might know him. Call mm-hmm. KLC. And I'm like, I'm talking to KLC, one of my favorite producers. Dun, 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 dun. He did that. Oh, yeah. He did that. He did fucking. What's that shit? Make him say, Like, bro, this guy was nice. And I'm talking to him about a fucking stupid Instagram challenge I want to do. And he was mad cool. And, uh, oh, he's a great guy. And he's he's like, a great guy. And he goes, I don't have it. <laughs> I go, oh, he didn't have you it. Have the instrumental. He goes, it's on a dat somewhere. I don't, I don't have it. He goes, I made the remix of that song. I just sampled the song. <laughs> wow, really? And then he calls some guy on three way. Hey, man, what's up, dog? You know Cipher Sounds? And the guy was like, Nah, man. Oh, right, he's on the line. <laughs> And he's like, hey, can you do that thing you do where you separate the parts from the beats? And that's how you got it? Yeah, So, but shout out to Mike Cash, who put it all together for me. But yo, uh, I don't, yo. Shout out to KLC, the drummer. Crocs, man. Fuck Crocs. What's happening? When they when they did the 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 Snoop Dogg DMX battle, yeah, 
and we recap the battle on the show, and and I forget what this was up against. But I was fighting for this. The fact that I even had to fight for this, Sife, I was so angry. I, I was like, this song, I don't know what beats this song, but not much. This song is, no, it's a, there's something about that. Dun, 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 no, it's, it just. It's classic. It's classic. Speaking of classic. This was, and by the way, this was when I hated everything No Limit, too. Like, I hated it, but I thought sound-wise it was whatever. And then that came out, and I was like, oh. Yeah. Because I did, in, in retrospect, I really made a mistake. There was some very good stuff in there. But that one, whew. All right, sorry, Saif. What were you saying? No, I was saying, speaking of classics, let's send a big happy birthday shout-out to the one and only Rakim God Allah. Happy birthday to, arguably, top five of all time. Uh, is that arguable? Un, I guess un, people would argue. Unarguably, top five of all Inargu- time. Inarguably. In unarguably, top five of all time. Now, Rakim came out years ago. This is years ago. I, this is years ago. Rakim came out years ago. Now, let me ask you a question, Peter Rosenberg. Rakim is so ill and so nice. But if you listen now... Is it still the same standard and still the same quality, or are we just super nostalgic and 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 into it because of our childhood? Ah, Saif, I'm glad you asked that. Because I recently had a realization mm-hmm. about Rakim okay. Allah. Mm-hmm. Shawnee and I believe shouts to Shawnee Culture at Shawnee Culture. He's a follow him. He's one of he's literally one of me and Sife's you would say one of your favorite humans, Absolutely. no? Absolutely. One of my favorite humans of all time. And we were and you know, you remember when we were when you were working with Shawnee? Remember, hold on, remember before you were disgraced? Yeah. Pre-disgrace. Yeah, pre-disgrace. When Shawnee's running the board, one of the things that makes him a great producer is if the room starts talking about something, he'll just start playing stuff in cue. Like, he loves to just pull stuff up and start playing yeah. it. So we were having a Rakim conversation, and he started playing some Rakim-ish. And it dawned on me, Rakim aged better than other rappers from that time. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I want to say this respectfully. Okay. Though I know if the person heard it, they wouldn't find it respectful and they'd hate me. Yes. But there are that. certain other rappers who we admire, Scythe, and we love. And you can absolutely put in your top 10, no problem, etc. But when you hear them, they have a rap style that's rapping style. Mm-hmm. I'm rapping to the beat. Yeah. And even though they were more advanced, I'm not talking about pre-87. I'm not talking about talking 83. About. I know what you're talking about. I'm talking about their of Rakim's era. Mm-hmm. But they still had a rapping thing they did right. that was like rapidy rap, 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 rap. Yeah. That when you hear it, you go, oh, man, this is some throwback-ish. I don't feel like hearing this. Meanwhile, if you were to walk into a party right now, it's 2021, and it's like 930, and the party's getting started, and as you're sipping your first drink, you hear just this is playing in the background at the club. Mm-hmm. Yo, Rockin, what's up? Yo, I'm doing it, knowledge, E, man. I'm trying to get paid in full. It transcends, transcends way better. Transcends. I agree. You know what I'm saying? I agree. And it's not, it, it's, it's his whole style. 
Even though it's simple, my residence thinking how could I get some dead presidents? I need money. I used to be a stick up kid, so I think of all the devious things I did. His pocket was better. His 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 style and and voice quality, the way it's effortless. It's just he was the first one to take rap to the next level. And ironically, I believe, Saif, even though people came after him and you'd think they would transcend better, he still transcends better. Right. And 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 currently, because it's not just a it's not just a timeless thing. Because a lot of those songs are timeless because what they mean to us and and how they were played in, in on the radio and where we first heard them and it's nostalgic, makes us think of school and first girlfriend and and, and all that shit, right? Right. Kim shit is like not just timeless, but like time proof. You know what I mean? Time proof. It's like time yes. proof. It's like it, For example, I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give everyone listening example. If you're driving right now or you're walking around with AirPods or whatever, your headphones, whatever it is, when I play this song, like there a lot I'll be honest guys, a lot of 80s and 90s hip hop, I don't blast in the car that often cuz when I do, I get very bored quickly. Yeah. And there and there's songs I love, but there's something I, about them that just didn't I transcend almost, the time. I almost and not to say always, but I almost rather hear 80, late 80s hip hop in a mixtape form where they're all coming in quick fast as opposed to listening yes, because, to a whole album. Because you're like, how was I listening to an entire four minutes of this? Yeah. But then there are certain songs that are just beyond that. If you're in your car, I, I promise you, turn this up very loud. Even though it's cold, some places roll your window mm -hmm. down and mm -hmm. tell me this doesn't tell still. Tell that car girl in the passenger seat to roll down the window, literally. They, she, tell her she can smoke a cigarette, no problem. Make crack to this. By the way, shouts to Marley Marl, who certainly helped as well. Oh, Marley Marl did this? Before I never let the mic magnetize me no more, but it's biting me, biting me, inviting me to rhyme. I can't hold it back. I'm looking for the what? line, taking off my coat, clearing my throat. The rhyme will be kicking it till I hit my last note. My mind remains a fine, all kind of idea. Self esteem makes it seem oh. like a thought took years, years to build, but still say a rhyme after the it next took years one. ago. Never scared, I'll just bless one. And you know that I'm the solo wins, so Eric B, make a clap to this. This song here is almost exclusively my first hook up my turntables oh, and yeah. gotta test the sound. Oh yeah. And gotta test the the, the 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 um you know the mats under the record. Like make sure everything is scratchable, make sure there's no ground issues. Is it your favorite song on the album on Peyton Full? I I I think so, but it it, it varies, man. Like, but, well, let's let's go over the real options real quick, quickly. I'm just paying for. Real I options. mean, I got I got um I got soul. I mean, so, I know you got soul. I got fucking. Paid in full. I ain't no joke. I used to let the mic smoke. Now I slam it when I'm gonna make sure it's broke. When I'm gone, no one gets on. Cause I won't let nobody press. As you mentioned, 
And these are also good to cut up, too. All of them. It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you. Without a strong There's a video. Take a how many weeks shows you slept through. There's a video. I'll show it to you one day. It's my daughter, not even a year old. And I'm singing microphone theme to her. And I'm like, yeah, boom, bat, bat, boom, bat. And she starts shaking her shoulders. And I'm like, this girl is hip hop. She's hip hop. Oh, what a moment. She's hip hop. Um, but, but, yeah. but, but listen, we, we love your daughter. Don't ever jump to the wrong album ever again. No, I, could, I was jumping around. We have to stick to a paid in full. So, well, I was just going through how do you pick the best one on this album? The fact this is all one album. Yo, how can this shit sound so bootleg in some ways and so fire also? Like, this sounds like it was made when the day rap started. <laughs> Someone was like, is this a Casio? How do I do this? Check out my melody, hand out a cigar. I'm letting knowledge be born, and my name's the R. I'm not like the rest of them. I'm not on the list. That's what I'm saying. I drop lines like a scientist. My melodies in the code for every next episode. Has the mic off and distorted, ready to explode. I keep the mic at Fahrenheit. Freedom season, make them cola. The listener's system is kicking like solar. As I memorize, advertise like a poet. Keep you going when the flow is smooth enough. Love, you know it, but rough. That's why the mural on my story, I tell a B. Yo, he takes sometimes the samples are like so cheesy or the or the and he just takes it to a higher level. You would play this for someone, they'd be like, what the F is this? Where is this possibly gonna go that's good? Honestly, where is this going? Wait for it. Standing by the speaker, suddenly I had this fever. Wasn't me or either, summer madness. Cause I just can't stand around, so I get closer and the closer I get, better it sound. My mind starts to activate, bombs collaborate. That's when I heard the beat. Yeah, that guy's. And then you. Type, this was my, as a kid, this was my favorite one for sure. As a little kid, this was my favorite one. And the video with the little kid kicking the speaker. Yeah, I remember I was on the train once. I was probably in junior high, and there was two high school kids, probably like seniors, rapping this on the train, loud as fuck. And I was like, this is this the greatest moment right now. You just were geeky out to hearing other kids rapping it? That I was I was amazed that they knew it all by heart. Right. You know what I mean? Because I don't get upset. I kick a hole in the speaker, pull a plug, then I jet. Then I jet to the lab. Without a mic to grab, so then I add all the rhymes I had. Damn. One after the other one, then I make another one. Another to just the opposite, then ask if the brother's done. I get a craving like I fiend for nicotine, but I don't need a cigarette. Know, know what, what I mean? mean? You know, one thing that bothers me too is as we've gone on, I feel like a lot of people throw Rock Kim in the sentence with other, with everyone else. And I'm like, he still, let's be real. Let's be real. At that time, even though those guys were all in the same room, he was at the top. Uh, I don't know because it not, was known not, not showmanship wise. No, Kane, no, you're right. Kane That's a different and KRS and KRS. Both yeah, no. When would it comes, squash him in a show and like at the time, right, right. You know what I'm saying? At the time, you look at that shit like that was an important part of it. Um. 
Yeah, it's a, that's a very fair point. I'm looking at it straight up making records. Like the records he was making at that time, to me, stand alone. I, I think, I don't, I don't think at the time. I think now. Actually, I feel like it's kind of in between. I feel like we're both wrong. There's, it was more like the, the history of rap in like 2000. It was established that Rakim had been it. Yes, yes, yes. But now, but at the time, I can see you're right. They were all coming up together. This came. But I, Rakim, KRS, Cool G Rap. Who am I? Who am I missing? That deserves to be in that category. I think that's the. To, I don't think anyone else. That, to me, that was the changing of the guard. What about Slick Rick? The best. Oh, Slick Rick gets left out a lot. I mean, what about Slick Rick? Slick Rick is. It's not in that. He's different. He's not in that category. No, I guess and you're right. And he also e- was like, it was... I, I, you know, I'm not from that era. I, I'm speaking out of just being a fan. I think he was one, one month before them. You know what I mean? Like, because the show, the show with him and Dougie Fresh is before all of this. I believe it is. It's before all of it, which is crazy. Because then, because then, think, I was talking the other day with somebody. Well, first of all, uh, Heavy D and Kid and Play are. Martyrs, they they get fucked. Not martyrs. That's not the right term. Um, forgotful, they, forgotten legends, bro. They, I know. Heavy D and Kid and Play. I think because they were right before Kane, Rakim. The, let's call them the Four Horsemen: Kane, Rakim, Cool G, Rap, and KRS One. They were mm-hmm. right before that, but what hip hop became. Like there'd be no bad boy without Heavy D and and Kid and Play the party vibes. No, for sure it was. Now you play KRS Kane G Rap and Rakim in a party, but they were talking some other shit. But by the way, Heavy D is the exact same time as Rakim. His first album's '87. Really? Rakim dropped the single. The Rakim single dropped in '86. They're right yeah, there. He was in that. He was classified in that R&B world a little more. Yo, Kid and Play. Kid and Play had three fire movies, a, t- a cartoon. Minimum. They had a. S- Don't skip the movie Class Act. I'm telling you, I'm talking about. What do you think? No. What do you think I'm talking about? House Party three? No. House Party one, oh, yeah, and two, w- and Class Act. Sorry, sorry. Wait, they're not. They weren't in House Party three. They were right. No, it's. Uh, why would you even count that one? All right, sorry. So, but yeah, minimum three movies plus a cartoon. Cartoon and. Bro, I've been playing Kid and Play for my kids. Like, when we dance, I play the house party dance battle scene all the time, and me and my kids dance around. Like, they had fire. Fire. Oh, they, we loved Kid and Play. Plus, you know I love it because it has those DC vibes, those go-go vibes. But, but that's what I'm saying. So, like, Slick Rick was a little before. But then there's also other dope people in that era. But, like, those guys. Those guys would have been. Now, looking back now, like, yeah, Rakim shit just stays. There's, a, there's, there's something there's, about Rakim. There's something, there's something that Dave. I'm, you know, I don't know if you know this. I work with Dave Chappelle. Um, Wait, when did that start? Yeah, no, recently. Just years ago. Um. 
Dave does this when he gets drunk. He he's Davey Oki. Like he loves to. He thinks he's a fucking rock star. He sings, uh, uh, what's that shit? Um, it's Radiohead. I'm a creep, creep. Mm-hmm. He sings creep, creep. Always. This is like I'm good. This is like every. Why do people love singing that song? I don't know. I, it's it's a horrifying That's thing. Horrible. Creep. I'm a creep. He sings creep. He sings um, what you won't do, do for love. You tried everything. But you know, you know that song. Of course, yeah. every every time, every night, if we're out and he's it's, drunk, it's um, it's Bobby Caldwell. Bobby Caldwell, yeah. um, he'll do "Kill Me Softly," Lauren Hill, but then then he'll start going into "Kill Me Softly," Roberta Flack, telling the whole story about DC and his special is named. I'm like Dave. We've all heard this story many times, but he's on a table. He's telling us these stories. He does he does X Factor, Lauren Hill. Uh, there's a couple of other ones. All right. But well, what's the point of this? Paid in full. Always. Every time. Like it's like clockwork. Like I have a I have a playlist in my laptop because sometimes I'm DJ and sometimes it's DJ Trauma and I just have Davey Oki. And if it's that time of the night where Dave is gonna start performing, I know I got all the songs ready to go. You know what I mean? In a certain order that I think makes sense. You know, Saif, I'm, I'm I'm glad you told this story. It was a perfect segue. What's that? Because um, a seg- Dave's not performing. Dave's not performing so much. No, this week. I'm I'm back to unemployed. Well, not unemployed. This is this isn't the end forever. Well, I'm on un- unemployment. Uh, yeah, Dave got the Roni. Dave got that good old COVID nineteen. He dodged it for a long yep. time. He ducked it. He ducked it for. It. So who so who fucked? We don't him? know. There's there was there was a lot of. There's rumors. What? There's rumors out there. What's the rumors? You want to hear? Can I say yeah. it? It's not reported by you. I'm telling you what I saw on the internet. Uh-huh. On the internet, mm-hmm. it they're saying it was Elon Musk's wife got it. Oh. And that they don't, and that they're like the 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 that's this is what this rumor said. Uh-huh. This is not Cypher Sounds. This is Rosenberg saying what I read. Okay. That like the Musk were like the 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 one people that he didn't require to test or something, and that it came from them. That's what's being That's what's speculated. Now I said, I blame Joe Rogan right away. We had the whole Rogan conversation. Rogan's been Rogan has been openly going with the basically not quite anti-masker, but very close. We need to reopen. This is ridiculous. Blah, 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 blah. So I just thought, oh, the Rogan crowd showed up, and here comes the COVID. But I could uh, be wrong. No, but Rogan tests every day at his studio when he does his podcast, from what I heard. He's still testing every day. Okay. Um, no, I don't. I don't. I wasn't there the night Elon Musk came. Um, but I don't know if that's the case because there was other positives around us. There right. was other. It the just bubble, crept in the somewhere. Broke. The bubble broke. The bubble broke. Is Dave sick? Um, he just got it he yesterday. Seems... I don't know what day this you're listening to this, but he just got it yesterday. He said he had a cough, and he said he was fine. I spoke to him. Um, but uh, your boy, your boy, very famous in Austin, Cypher Sounds, right. had to go out and make the announcement that the show was canceled. Literally two, like I'm about to go on stage in two minutes, and then I just see a kerfuffle backstage. And I was like, this is not, all this... Back and forth, running around, whispering in people's ears. Something's not good. 
And then uh, and you got the task. No, 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 I took that task. I took that right. task. Yeah, you, you I roll part of my French a bunch of little bitches. Okay, you hear me? Yeah. Is this on? Yeah, the mic's on. You said a it. A bunch of little bitches that were like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So you know what I did? Took that. Give me that Give mic. Me that Give me that mic, Rafone. Because that's what I do. Michelle Wolf calls me the never knower. Because I never say no. <laughs> she she definitely means that as an insult. <laughs> no, she thanked me. She goes, no. she goes, I don't even finish my ass sometimes. And I'm asking you to do some weird shit. And I'm like, what else is there? What else is there in life? What are we doing? So how'd the crowd react? Oh, not good. <laughs> no, I was dead silent. And then halfway through, I was like, oh, you guys think I'm telling a, you think it. You think I'm joking. You think I'm joking. I'm, and I can understand why you would think this is a joke. <laughs> right. This is a comedy show. Unfortunately, Dave is not going to. And I didn't say he had COVID. I said he was exposed and has to quarantine. And uh, mm. and I was like, guys, I'm really sorry. I have some bad news. I'm, you know, there's terrible. You know, this we 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 tried to avoid it for so long. We've been doing a great job. Austin's been treating us really well. Unfortunately, um, Dave was exposed, and we have to cancel the show. And everybody was quiet. And I was like, I know you guys think I'm joking. This is serious. How many more shows were there supposed to be this week? Uh, like five more. And then over. And then over, but then I think coming back again. But that could still happen, yeah, no? I, I mean, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Uh, who knows, bro? I, I mean, listen, Dave, Dave, this started out as incredibly limited people out in a field. Yeah. And now it got to the point of it's every day in a city, you can get tickets and go. Yeah. Like, it was bound to happen. That's how we get got. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. Even if you're being careful. I, I mean, extremely careful. Yeah. I mean, listen, WWE has been extremely careful and they've done a great job and thank God everything's been okay. But there have been positives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There have been days yeah, when there's, there's positives, positives and people yeah. get, you know, even I test when I get there and everyone tests, but like everyone, you don't know what people are doing when they leave. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah, it's impossible. But, 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 hey, get well soon. I don't think anything bad will happen, but, you know, God forbid. But, um, you know, Dave is, Dave is my friend from, from, How, from. <laughs> years ago, man. Years ago. Yo, by the way, this song is like the anthem for years ago. Because what's a long time? It's years ago. By the way, say if you know, how I know we've been doing a great job with one up so far. Some of my friends are listening. Yes. Like, sh shout out to Richie. My friend Allison is listening. What are we doing? Like, what are we doing? I don't even know. By the way, with this episode, woof, we really went Where everywhere. Are we? What is this? I got to go. This is. All right, I got to go too. But we did a great job. I think, listen, who doesn't want to hear a full episode about Kobe Bryant and Rakim? Two of the greatest at what they did of I all time. I don't care anymore. This okay. is what I want to yeah. talk about. Deal with it. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't want to play this for Scythe. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I love this song. It was a very, it might have been the last like hard Rakim jam that I really messed with. And Syph is going to hate it because it is primo in the random scratch yeah, late, game. Late primo. Let's late see, let's hear, let's, I, I love this, but let's hear Syph react. Hold on. I'm into 
when I be on the mic. I'm internationally known, yo. I'm internationally known when I be on the mic. <laughs> that was not, that one's not as bad. No, that no, wasn't too random. Anyways, everyone, go celebrate the catalog of Rakim Allah this week. Sign up for our Patreon. One Ep is dead. Make sure you're still subscribing and rating. We're seeing all the ratings. Um, I, I am at least. I'm reading them. I appreciate them. Even the random people who show up who have never heard the podcast were just like, this podcast sucks. Rosenberg's a culture vulture. I'm like, well, then you didn't listen. Let's be honest. That's... If you hate me, why would you even listen? Like, do you think you can think that I'm a culture vulture and listen and really give it a fair yeah. chance? I, I don't think yeah, so. Why are you even Like, listen? that's not real. Oh, my God. So, no, but those are the fake comments. The real ones are are awesome, and, yes. and I'm super appreciative. So um, everyone who's subscribing and on board and, and signing up for the Patreon, we got the merch coming. No, 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 no. We no, need no, all no. We the reviews and love. We don't do merch. We have the exclusive Juan Ep gear coming soon. We'll do fucking um, merch. The limited clothing line. Yeah, culture clothing for the culture, baby. <laughs> Listen, you can't you can't specifically sell stuff for money uh-huh. and then say the words for the culture. Clothing? That's where I get offended. No, it's not for the culture. We're doing it for the money. Oh, clothing from the culture. <laughs> for the money. <laughs> But it's not about that, guys. You know that. Nah, I swear. It's not nah, about that. It's not about that. Here we go. Ready? We do. We do. We do really appreciate the love, though. It's been awesome. So, Saif, uh, do me a favor. Be safe getting back from Austin. Try not to catch COVID. Hold on. I got. I still got antibodies. I'm good. You ready? Yeah. Okay. That's right. How's it go? Good. Sing it. Oh. Wait, that's that's your son's favorite song? Yes. Boom bat. We have to, Boom, have to play it for bap. him. Original we have rap. To play it for him every night. And he says Hip hop versus rap? Boom. No, boom bat. Uh, return of the boom bap. It's return of the boom bap. I was com- confused. Um He says Hip hop versus rap. He says Return of the boom bap. Boom bap. Original rap. <laughs> How old is he? 2. I sent it to Premier, yo. It was one of the greatest days of my life. What did Primo say? He went nuts. He was like, wow, this is crazy. Yo, that's so awesome. Now, Saif, as you get as he gets older, the next for him to when we know he really has knowledge of self is when he knows all the words to this. One, two, 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 two. Public service announcement for all the people out there listening to this funky ass boom bap album. Check it out. Yo, we need to get him up on a higher level, you know what I mean? All right, we'll let this play out to close us out. What's that mean, play us out? What does that mean? Fuck it. I'll write it, and we'll do it live. (laughs) Bye, Scythe. Take a second. Chill out for a minute, take a second, check this out.